Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 532, recording live on Wednesday, November 15th. I'm one of your hosts, Mo. I'm Adriel. I'm Kyle. I'm the guest, Tony O'Connor. There we go. Welcome, Tony. Nice. Thank you. That way this should save some time on reading comments from YouTube, right? No, because there's still a few comments. No, there. I still have comments there. <laughs> he's, he's, he, he's, oh, com- he's commenting currently. We, we, double time next week. we should get Tony to read his comments, though. <laughs> Maybe uh, that'll work. Uh, some of them will be self-explanatory while we get there. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, let's get started with what we did with guns. I can actually get us started um i had an ipsic match at the lonardier club which is in joliet quebec uh, i've been there month many times it's a great indoor range and uh it was four stages i, I mentioned it before they're they're narrow ranges so they tend to be like long stages but they still like make them fun and creative um they also do a lot of stuff like doors and uh, ports and ropes and different things. And uh, I've had a couple of DQs on on those kind of situations once there, but it wasn't one of those. Uh, so I'm always a little bit hesitant. I didn't DQ. It was actually a pretty good match. Um, overall, I did good. I was happy, except I did uh, have way too many makeup shots on steel, and there was a lot of steel. I Because I struggle with um, when it's downrange and it's a little bit dark, I don't see them as well but old man eyes i guess um with my iron sights um but yeah it was it was so much fun and uh i finished what 13th out of 30 something so my usual middle of the pack maybe a little bit better uh if i had reduced the time on the missing so much steel i would have been i would have been uh uh, i would have done a lot of better anyways um i shot with my friends louis and lisa and that was a really good really good squad and uh, they ended up giving out Ipsic Quebec hats. I was pretty happy about that. So kind of oh, cool, cool to support the uh, Federation. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, so that was pretty neat. And I actually talked to one of the guys that's on the on the board because uh, the last few years since I've been in Quebec, they've like the level threes. They've uh, I'm a sucker for like match jerseys. <laughs> Like, you know, when you get your name on it and, and it's for that. And um, l- most of the Ontario level threes do the match jerseys, right? And uh, But Quebec hasn't done the last year. They give out a shirt, but it's just it's the same shirt they give to everybody, like without without the name and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I would talk to the guy and he's like, he's like, they tried to do it last year. They're going to do it again. His name is Stefan. And uh, they're going to they're gonna try to do it for next year. So that'll be cool. Um, what else? Uh no match registrations yet. There's not going to be one this weekend. There's going to be one in two weeks. And the RA center, that uh, that club in, uh, in Ottawa that I mentioned, added a match for November. Uh, sorry, 
December. Um, so that's cool because their next match was supposed to be January. It was nice to see another match added. Um, my nine mil ammo from Tenda arrived. Uh, so yeah, so I got lots. I've got two thousand rounds on top of what I already had. So I'm definitely going to be good for um, um, for all my winter matches, which are going to be probably two or three a month, depending on the month. So that'll that'll keep me going for a while. I probably, I mean, I could use more just to do actually do some live fire practice, but uh, time and <laughs> time and money, I guess. Um, and that's really that's really it for me. How about you, Kyle? Well, uh, on Saturday, we took a drive to Lubbock and went to Cabela's in 511. That's in <laughs> Texas, right? It is, yeah. It's okay. about three-hour drive from me. Okay. So got my truck going, and so we decided that we were going to go tour around. <laughs> nice. Go outside our one-hour radius that I was stuck with with the work truck. There's a braking procedure for a new engine. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Friday we took it to Roswell. It seemed fine then, so like, ah, sure, let's take it to uh, let's take it to Lubbock, and it it ran good. But uh, yeah, the little Crystal got some uh, shooting pants at five eleven. I walked out of there with a flashlight because I got a little discouraged. So I was trying on. They had actually an awesome sale on like t-shirts, and they had some light hoodies for like 10 bucks so i went back try them on and just printing with everything oh and so so yeah i just i didn't walk out of there with much i grabbed a couple flannels from uh cabela's and whatnot Isn't but the standard like the the 511 pants within the button down shirt on like over top not tucked in yeah but that doesn't work in say 100 plus degree weather it's starting to get to the temperature <laughs> yeah. now where it's not an issue like wear the flannel or the hoodie and it's fine even actually today i actually had to take the hoodie off because it got over 60 degrees today so how Here's about a how, how about a camel vest you can wear without a shirt underneath possibly <laughs> possibly <laughs> here's the two questions i have first um, how are you gonna? How did you carry in Texas? I, I guess constitutional carry doesn't even matter anymore. Well, yeah, actually, I can chamber one in Texas. There you go, New uh, Mexico. Second, yep, go ahead, Tony. Uh, sorry, uh, does Cabela and 511 ask you to take your firearms out before you head into the store, or they're just open to it? No, they, they there's nothing posted. So, awesome. we did go, go to we did go to a gun store, uh. It was supposed to be like the largest in Lubbock or something, but uh, I was actually very underwhelmed by it. They had like no selection for holsters because I, I've started taking my concealed carry a little bit more um, serious and con trying to conceal whenever I can, basically instead of the way I was doing it, where it was once in a while. And uh, so looking at different options, they had nothing, but they did have a sign saying that uh, all firearms cased or holstered. So mm, interesting. So, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so just mm. trying to, and I mean, it's not a big pistol. And so I'm just kind of getting frustrated with, with that, but I've been watching a bunch of videos and that. And actually I think I might even look at concealing a larger, like a longer barrel pistol in that, 
from what I've been seeing, that might help. But H and K USP. Well, I went to the local gun shop today and I held a staccato CS. So <laughs> <laughs> he got, he got it on his hip. Uh-huh. Eleven pattern. There you go. Well, it feels great, but I, I actually got to find someone who actually has one to see how easy it would be to conceal because it, it doesn't feel like a compact pistol at all. It feels very similar to my DVC, except for a shorter barrel. So, yeah, but yeah, we had a good time in uh, in Lubbock. And, and yeah, and now I, like I said, I'm just exploring options and really delving into concealed carry and how to effectively conceal carry because I don't like even just a little bit of printing. I'm not. But, uh, but yeah, then this weekend we have three gun match here locally. So I'm finalizing all the details for that. And yeah, hopefully it'll be a good match and goes without a hitch. But uh, Adriel, how about you? What have you been up to? Oh, I was gone for a little while. So a couple things. Uh, two weekends ago, I did a three-gun match with my kids. Nice. It was interesting. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, didn't set any speed records, them or I. Uh, <laughs> I ran that uh, that straight pull rifle, and you really got to make sure that it's all the way forward, hard for it to go. Otherwise, if you just go too fast, it doesn't go all the way forward, doesn't lock, and then you don't get a, a hit on the primer, and it doesn't fire. And, uh, I did that a lot. Yeah. Did that a lot. Uh, my WSMCR, uh, puked its guts out. So I, and I got it on film too. <laughs> Cause it was my kid shooting it. So he's shooting it. Boom, boom, boom. Piston goes out through the front. The, uh, there's like a little grub screw that kind of goes into, to hold the, all the piston and all the kind of stuff together. And, uh, it left, it left the area. Yeah. It, uh, it got sent somewhere very far. Does that kind of uh, first fire? One trigger pull, two projectiles? No, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's one trigger pull and you get, yeah, with the, with the plug. <laughs> Off it goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was gone. But so then he just had to run it as bolt action, just like me for the rest of the, the rest of the match. At least he his was spring loaded, though. So he just pulled back and let go. Uh, it, was, it was cool. It was a fun, fun match, though. And then I went hunting weekend after and you guys, I, I, I kind of bolted Wednesday night there. Um, I got out to uh, my parents' places, which, which is where I was hunting. I had an idea of where I wanted to go. And uh, none of the other guys uh, had gone out hunting there yet. Uh, so I hiked out to this spot. Um, I had a, a sitting bipod. So I've just got my rifle in the back there. You see that really long bipod on it? Uh, what I like to do with this, it, it's so steady. You get a sitting bipod like that and get a heat seat, sit on the heat seat, cross your legs, and then uh, brace, like just do a triangle brace on the front, or uh, sorry, on the back. So the front of it, it's got the bipod, it's solid. The back of it, solid. You can shoot a deer as far as you can see with with a setup like that. And uh, I did get a deer that was kind of far, it was 300 meters uh, but, uh, it didn't matter because I was, it was like so steady. So I was like, okay, 300, I'm going to hold five inches higher than I, I want to hit and sent it and, uh, dropped it in right through the heart. Deer didn't go very far, jumped really high, jumped like 10 feet into the air. Um, blew out the other shoulder on the other side 
And uh, yeah, it still still went 20 meters. But it was uh, considered enough to die on the path. So all I had to do is just kind of rip it up to it side by side. Pop it in the back and off I went. Uh, nice. So that took all of, I don't know, I think my hike was like 20 minutes. And I think I was sitting for like 10 or 15 or something like that. And so it was very quick, which allowed me to spend more time. Because like that's that's not the part of a hunting trip that should take the longest. The part that should take the longest is skinning and gutting uh, and then butchering and doing whatever you want to do with the meat. I opted to uh, do jerky and uh, sausage and uh, that takes, that takes a while, right? You uh, typically, what we'll do is um, skin and gut gut uh, day one, day two, uh, quarter it or take it down or do whatever you, you want to with the meat afterwards. Um, if you're making jerky, slice it into jerky slices, get it on some cure and then wait 24 hours. And then that day you smoke and then let that run for four to eight hours, depending on how much you've got and what you're doing and then bag it. So it's like, it's actually, it's a lot of time. There's, there's like three days post deer kill that you got to spend doing stuff to, uh, to make that meat usable, unless you just take it to a butcher or something like that. Right. But, um, I can't be bothered to do that. I've, this is, this is part of the experience for me is, is doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so then I, so, okay. My deer was shot. That's, that's my deer tag. I, I could have went and got some supplementals, but I just didn't feel like getting that many deer. Um, cause I've also got some tags for my, brother's place here so I might go out there yet but um so i was done with my deer i started going after small game i've got like a little uh 22 air pistol uh just a pump crossman crappy thing and uh most people think like oh you can't kill stuff with that nope <laughs> <laughs> works great <laughs> just gotta shoot him in the head which i'm always trying to do anyways because i want maximum meat you ever shoot like a a rabbit or something like that with like a shotgun like oh it's a pain in the ass to skin and gut because now you got guts and all sorts of stuff. And uh, you lose a bunch of meat. And then like anything else, like, oh, there's lead pellets in there. Okay, I'm going to cut it out because I don't want to like chew on lead pellets or have my kids eat this or something like that. So you get to cut that off. And then what are you left with? So I just do headshots. So <clears throat> I got some like grouse and <clears throat> rabbit and whatever too. Um, test out those new, those new muck boots and yeah, they're good. The Arctic Pro is too hot uh, for it was like maybe minus five there. It's way too warm for that. I needed like a lighter boot for those days. So I didn't really end up using that one a lot because it's just made you need it to be at least minus 10, if not minus 20 to, to justify those boots. Otherwise, you your feet just roast. They, they just get way too hot. So that was uh, that was interesting. Uh <laughs> So I shot that deer at, at 300 through the heart. My dad's uh, neighbor was over and he's like, how much you want for that, uh, that hunting rifle? <laughs> like, oh, uh, I don't know. I gave him a good price. And he's like, okay. So I sold him my hunting rifle. And uh, I, I, this is the, unusually my third season using that hunting rifle. Very unusual for me. Usually it's one season and then I'm on to something new. So I sold it and uh, I'm looking at, what I should buy next? Looking More for rifle was a six five Creedmoor. Yeah, it was a six five Creedmoor, just a Savage Axis, but they're more accurate than you need, right? One in one MOA is is enough to drop it in for as far as you really should be shooting a deer, right? That is funny. You should advertise them on Maple Seed. I think that will help more. Not the <laughs> rifle itself. 
Yeah. Well, in this case, it was like knowing what kind of shot I was going to take and then building like a super stable position for that. Cause I had no illusions that that deer was going to go anywhere. I fired the shot. I heard the impact. Well, 300 is enough to like hear the shot and then hear the impact is of the bullet as well. So I knew like, nah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to find that thing up there, but uh, yeah, I don't know what to get next. I'll have to uh, have to see. Uh, and then, uh, my buddy Will was up there and he had, uh, connected with uh, slime fire listener. And I think he watches HGG as well, Adam. And, uh, he had heard, I was looking for a leader action for pal courses. Oh, you got one. And he gave me this, nice. uh, this is a Narinko JW 21 JW 21 B. It's not oh. rimfire. It's rimfire. Oh. It's a 22, but that's for the price. The price is good. The price is good. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. It's got uh, the bolt is a little bit hitchy, so I'm gonna. I'm either just gonna sit in front of the TV and just go like this until it's worn in, or I'm gonna bust (laughs) it apart and and find what's wearing and get after it with my Dremel. I haven't decided which one I'm gonna do yet. Probably try the lever. Just 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 try going back and forth on it and seeing if I can wear it in. And if that doesn't work, uh, I'll break out the Dremel. But uh, just throw some lapping compound in there when you're doing that. (laughs) That can work. Yeah, that can work, but sometimes it wears away on stuff you don't want it to wear away on. It's only really on like like going back in, like it doesn't want to go in there. So you just have to do it fast and it works. And it doesn't doesn't really have a safety. It has like a a bit of a rebound on the hammer, but I don't think that's a real safety. So I'm not sure. Try to pull trigger when it's on a half cock. Does it work? Well, yeah, it's it's not cocked all the way back, so that won't, uh, you know, won't fire it, but... So I maybe. think that's very similar maybe. to Henry. So it's kind of the same idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. And then, uh, well, this vest. So this vest came in while I was gone. It would have been nice. If, actually, no, it would have, I wouldn't have used it. It was too warm. Uh, I, I wish it was a little bit colder because it was just too nice. It was like zero while I was hunting. But this is like a heated vest that this company sent me to like review and I'm wearing it to look uh, redneck uh, right now. I think I'm being successful at that. They also sent me uh, some heated insoles. Look at that. It's got like a little remote car remote on there. Beep, beep. Nice. Start up the heat, please. And <clears throat> this guy here, a heated seat cushion. Oh, I, I find the chopped, like the chopped foam stuff to be warm enough. But uh, Kyle was telling me like, he was like, oh yeah, no, that would be really nice. So I think so. Mm. Mm. This is my worst nightmare. Just batteries everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But they all use, um, they all use power banks. They're all just USB. Ah. So yeah. The, like, yeah. Tons of batteries, but all power banks, which uh, one typically. At least one they're easy things. to replace after the battery's dead. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. easy to replace and easy to. Oh, I don't have that. Um, I will grab one of my many other power banks that I have available here. Let's use that instead. Um, my Numrich order is still stuck in customs. It's been there for ten days, eleven days now. I've got like a firing pin, some M1 Garand clips, uh, a trigger, a bolt. Just some basic stuff, but it's been there for like way too long. Are they not ITAR? Uh, I think Numrich knows the difference, so it's probably fine. I don't know. Hope not. Hope, hope it comes through. The whole ITAR <laughs> export thing is just 
crazy to me. It's like yeah. somehow US cares about more about it than Canada does importing. It's like that's funny. Yeah. I cared more when like when the dollar when the US dollar when Canadian dollar was were on parity, I was buying a lot of stuff from the States. These days, I don't see myself doing that anytime no. soon. No. Uh and then Tenda order. Yeah, Tenda order came in. It's not my rifle, but uh if the Black Friday sale that Tenda does if they price this the same i'm gonna be picking this up this is the cz 600 alpha it's ah. that uh that new triple lug no not triple it's got like six on there triple style but like two interrupted lug on there um it's their bolt action hunting rifle this one's in 30 odd six Boop. magazine right there nice it's got some weird stuff on it i'll tell you so like the uh, rail is machined into the receiver. No bases on there. You just get rail right there, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's nice. It, uh, the, you know what? Let's just get a little bit more light here. Uh, the magazine release is just kind of like a push button right there. And uh, bolts nice and slick. The weirdest thing is a safety. I think it's okay. It's just, it's just a little bit weird. Uh, there's safety on. And there's safety off. Oh, cross bolt, but vertical. Vertical cross bolt. Yeah. That's yeah. Weird. Oh. weird. Oh. I guess it's more ambidextrous. That's true. And uh, you can do it quietly. I'm always after a safety I can do quietly because sometimes I'm looking at a deer that's 10 meters away and I want to click mm. that thing off without annoying it. And uh, this one you can definitely very silently push that thing down not hear anything which uh, which is really nice and then uh the other bolt release is actually right here so pull that guy back and uh push this guy down right yeah there we go now comes the bolt multi-lug kind of a kind of a doohickey here oh yeah push it down this just came in the mail today so i'm just still learning some of the stuff on it but adjustable trigger yeah, if the price goes down to six ninety nine again on these, I might have to get one. Hmm. The thing I don't like about it is it, it's a heavy barrel, but only twenty inches. I think I talked about this on the, when I, when I was talking about the sale, right? I want like a longer barrel and not heavy for hunting. I want something that's yeah. like going to give me that extra velocity, and I don't care. I'm not, not going to be taking a bunch of shots with it. So, how far know. do you usually touch a target when you're hunting? I'm not. Uh, to say three hundred is pretty typical. How long of a barrel do you need for 300? I don't know, but I'd rather have the extra velocity instead of the extra weight. Yeah. Cool gun, though. I really like like that really strong pistol grip on there. Feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. Looks nice. This one's in 30-odd-6, so... Nice. Gonna... And it's got a muzzle, uh, uh, a threaded muzzle, so you could put if you're in the States, you could put a suppressor on that. That'd be nice, right? That would, yeah. th- then I wouldn't mind the short barrel because with a suppressor on, you're going to add a bunch of uh, length to it. So I think it would be okay. Um, or put a brake on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to yeah, wait but... for the bill to pass on the sound moderators. <laughs> if that's ever going to happen, I wish the so. gasoline filter. I need to put a gasoline filter on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> China. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Anyways, yeah, it looks it feels really great. So I think uh, I think at that at that price point, so it was a fantastic deal. Tony, what about you? What have you done, Gins? 
after after our rifle match at the BTSA, uh, my friend uh, Vinny, shout out to him, um, went back into shooting two two three semi automatically. I was like, I was strongly pushing him to get a RDB because he is a lefty, and uh, his RDB arrived, went to the range. It was it was pretty good. Uh, shot that. I got myself my first progressive reloading press. This is the lead detonation master, you can call it. Um, uh, this is the old generation lead load master, which is their flagship progressive presses. But I have a very interesting priming system where it primes on the top of the stroke instead of the bottom. So you don't push forward on a handle. You would just rip it. Um, mm -hmm. Which in some cases, for example, non-Remington or CCI primers, Lee has warned you that there is a primer detonation risk. I got this second half for a really good price, so worst case, I'll just use it as a process press. I'll just not prime on it. But. Lee warns about that for all. I've never had a primer detonate, even with all running the federal, running whatever, with all their stuff. I've never, ever had one detonate. Just a side note for the listeners, if you're looking for a new Lee uh, Progressive, the six-pack, or the Pro 1000, quote-unquote, 2023 version, those have an improved, more common uh, slider priming system that eliminates that problem. So <laughs> That problem where so the powder guns are primed. actually removed the warning for those two presses for this generation, finally. <laughs> so that's a big improvement. I just like, good price. I just got it. Um, that's about it. Oh, I did... Uh, for guns this week. I guess I moved all the guns over here for the show, so that's something. Nice, <laughs> nice. What do you got on the that, What is oh, that? Sorry. You got a Mossberg. What else you got there? So this is listed in, I guess we're jumping into my section kind of. This is listed in chronological order. I believe that's correct. So from the from the right, from my left, your right to the left is how the time progresses. And this middle slot is for the sub 2000, but it won't fit because it's too short. Uh, yeah so it's the uh, you'll see my early days where it's very much if um, affected by nothing fancy so it's winchester sxp uh tarkish made mosper mvp the gun i took uh, maple sea was and then the savage a22 fbsr uh, which i did i shot a maple sea was but i didn't qualify and then the sub 2000 on top. And this is why I'm not getting a Smith and Wesson response, unfortunately, uh, because I won't be able to test it for Kelly there. Um, this is the Kodiak K9. I've been running yeah. it for a bit. Um, about, so half of my season is done on this rifle in particular. About three thousand rounds through. I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, am I allowed to bash Kodiak or no? Absolutely. <laughs> um, no one's safe. The customer service isn't very responsive, unfortunately. Um, I was looking for an aftermarket trigger for it, but uh, they couldn't respond to me in like three months' time after like five emails and multiple calls. Um, so I, when RDSC made a sell on trigger tag triggers, I know I wanted a trigger tag, but I don't know which one is the most suitable. So I got the AR9 trigger, which I thought would be the most fitting. Uh, the other option would be probably the FX9 trigger. Um, but there's just a tiny um, clearance issue with the with the bolt group. Um, 
So if I pull it back, it will actually get hung up on the trigger itself. But if I bump it a bunch, it will actually return back into battery. But you can't shoot it that way, at least not for time trials anyway. Um, so RDLC was kind enough for me to return that trigger after test fitting it. I didn't use oh, nice. it. But so shout out to them, I guess. Uh, very good service there. But it's just I, ha I haven't been able to find a proper aftermarket trigger for it. The factory trigger is usable. Uh, it's AR. Every gun I have here are dual stage triggers or bladed triggers. So it's very unusual for me to shoot a single stage. Um, I kind of got used to it, but it's kind of heavy at like seven and some pounds. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. For a gamer gun, you want something lighter, but single stage. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've gamed out most of everything else. Um, I was about to do a more detailed report, like an email to the Sunfire channel for this. Um, and I'm going to title it, AR is the worst gun platform because you're going to literally buy everything you can get and try to mod it as hard as possible. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty happy with this gun in particular, but... First, uh, there was a listener uh, earlier this year who mentioned his K9 just blew up. I'm not sure it was what is Josh. Is that yeah, it's also, Josh. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened there. There's also a a range mate from BTSA who showed me some pictures of his friends K9 having a lot of finishing issues. Like half of the gun is silver at this point, which I don't understand why. But that's kind of it's all kind of hearsay stuff, but this one working well, but again, the service is unresponsive. So, like, if you got this thing, you're kind of on your own, which is unfortunate. That's unfortunate they didn't keep AR specs so that you can actually throw another trigger in there. Uh, I wrote to Trigger Attack, and I think what they said is the AR9 world is just a wild world of everything, mm -hmm. uh, and the bolt height is kind of different, I believe. It may also have something to do with trigger test trigger resetting in a different way. Um, if you inspect very closely, you'll see their resets done by pressing down on a bar instead of the hooking thing. Um, so I don't know what's up with that. But for this gun, I try to measure it with my calipers. I think it's about two millimeters of clearance, not there, but. I don't have the appropriate measure tool to say if it's two millimeters or something else. Couldn't you just, uh, now this is getting into redneck oh, territory, but, uh, polishing the whole bolt. Uh, no, couldn't you Dremel the hammer? I wouldn't do the bolt, but the hammer like edge, I would, uh, the AR nine hammer is particularly thin for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I believe you'd be, you'd be like really? clearing off the top, right? Yeah. Where the uh, where the hammer is like, uh, is that is that correct here? Where the hammer is kind of like cocked there, because it's not going down low enough, right? Is that yeah. the issue? Yes. So you just like knock, you'd knock that down a little bit, still keeping that round profile, but just pull it down a little bit, so you wouldn't be going edgewise on it. You just be pulling it down. You want to, you probably want to look up a image of a trigger tag AR nine trigger. It's Mm -hmm. It's not a traditional AR kind of shape. It's kind of interesting. And then you'll probably understand why. It kind of comes to a point in a sense. Oh, hmm. uh, yeah. You could still pull that down. Oh, 
Jeez. How much how much do you need to pull it down? No idea. Two millimeters. Two millimeters. Oh, and it's skeletonized a little bit. Mm. Yep. So this is the Timney. Yeah, that's way more of a square edge. Yeah. Yeah, And that's their PCC trigger. That you could knock down. Yeah. Yeah, you could knock that down, providing that, uh, you know, it'll still hit your firing pin. Oh, redneck yeah. engineer man's finest cheese. <laughs> or just cool. put it in there and try it before taking material away. <laughs> but now I have to think but. where am I gonna find a store to let me test fit triggers? That's just ugh. Can I dremel yeah. this uh, hammer if it doesn't work? Can I return it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to go I just want to test fit everything I have. Sure, go ahead. Oh, one thing or you could do. The uh, trigger pins, you like dremel them lower and then fill in at the top. <laughs> oh my God. I've done it. <laughs> Maybe I don't understand gunsmithing after all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Uh, what I would maybe suggest doing is talk to your buddies locally and see if someone has an AR trigger you can borrow. Because I know, like, like with this, one. I ended up running uh, my Kelvin Elite in this until the actual PCC trigger came in. Now, Timney does recommend a PCC trigger in a PCC, but I also know guys that have ran AR triggers just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should yeah. look into that. But then I have to figure out what else trigger I, I like. Uh Basically, well, at this point, I think you're just getting a better trigger in there that's that fits. True. Something that's, that's compatible. True. Yeah. Most of everyone at BTSA shoot trigger tags. Well, no, I Taylor should lie. have a hyperfire or something. Yeah, I never around. shot his I shot his Raven when he still had the trigger tech in it. Hmm. And then I never shot his gun ever again. Yeah. But even still, like he he used to be sponsored by Hyperfire, so you should have a Hyperfire kicking around. Cool. Just polish the WK trigger is what Mike's saying. Uh, Eric's saying suggesting yeah. minimal of- material removal. <laughs> Got to be with the Dremel and JB Weld. Anything's possible. Oh, yeah. The JB Weld, jeez, and a MIG welder. <laughs> Now you have the power of God in your hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Serious business. Yeah. Yeah. Probably doesn't That's work a lot of polishing to bring that trigger weight down, but it is possible, I guess. <laughs> I don't think the trigger poundage has really... Well, maybe I need to measure Hammer. it again. Yeah. Take it down it's... and then MIG weld to some, some boogers on the back to add the weight back on there. It's still a creepy <laughs> trigger, so... Not great. Uh, else. Yep. Yeah. Works though. I guess better than this. So. <laughs> oh no, I I can't actually weld. I have a welder, but <laughs> to call me a weld to call, say I could weld is uh, is is a lie. <laughs> I make bogey <laughs> welds. <laughs> and there's not really much welding in building a normal trigger. There shouldn't be. No, there, there shouldn't be. <laughs> if you're in Soviet Russia, the idea might be different. <laughs> yeah, well, you're just taking your scrap bits of metal to make something at that point. 
Actually, I just reminded on this rack is missing half a SKS. Uh, that's my newest acquisition of a project, and I'm trying to bring that back. It was a uh, 1951 Russian re-arsenaled and the conditions rifling looks fine uh, the exterior condition is not great um, for some reason when I like thinking okay so I'm going to touch up the cold blue touch up spots and then after I wipe it with alcohol like paint started to disappear it's like oh this isn't blue at all like, okay <laughs> now I have a project in front of me mm-hmm Barbecue paint. Yeah. Oh, no. Candy. Candy pink with metal fleck in it. There nice. you go. Nice. Mm. Okay. That, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Mel. I was going to say thanks, Tony. Um, we'll get into upcoming events. Uh, Rimfire events coming up at you can find on www.btsa.ca forward slash events. And there is a USPSA Multi-Gun Nationals, which is going to be held July 19th to 21st next year, of course. <laughs> and uh, that's it. If you're into IPSC, there's lots of uh, indoor matches uh, going on. So if you're an IPSC guy, check out the websites. I don't think there's IPSC indoor matches in Alberta, is there? Uh, last I heard, all the indoor matches in Alberta raised their rates. So IPSC Alberta was was saying basically, nope, we're done with that because we're not going to pay the rates you guys want to use the range. They, right? they used to yeah. do uh, unsanctioned like level one matches at yeah. uh, Phoenix in Edmonton. but uh, hmm. Yeah, they they did their own little shoot night thing. Yeah. yeah. Really? Huh. I did I not heard that. about action shooting indoors in Alberta, really. So. Oh, I, there was another event, but now we can or Mac has indoor, week. but I don't think they can run th- uh, action shoot. Well, maybe they can. I don't know. Hmm, that's it. Yeah, Ontario and Quebec had tons. So, hmm. um, okay, we have no news stories uh, this week. I guess not much uh, gun related happened. There is technically one I can bring up. Um, there's like five shootings in Calgary over five days or something. And there's two oh yeah, sus- we had a bunch in Edmonton too. A bunch of gangs like fighting each other and killing there's each other. There's like two suspects. One 18, and one of them is like his little brother, fourteen. Like just shot someone dead and ran away. Yeah, there was just a gang killing here at Edmonton where they killed the dad and the ten year old son. Uh, I've heard about that one too. Yeah, yeah. All right then, gangster stuff. Yeah, gangsters being gangsters, right? Uh, we'll get into new gun stuff brought to you by Bullseye North. Need a new boomstick? Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR with a wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Free shipping over $250. Some exclusions apply like ammo. Subscribe to their weekly newsletter to get first access to the hottest deals. Can I yell ammo? Huh? Can I yell ammo? <laughs> What do you say? Uh, he said, excluding ammo. We need to change some, the some, ex- some exclusions. Some exclusions like apply like ammo. <laughs> no, that's ammo in there. Right. He's reading the script, though. If our script I is thought... wrong, that's not his fault. All right. <laughs> some, some ex- here, wait. I'll, I'll, there, some exclusions apply there. 
now it just says some exclusions apply. And I think that's, that's if like you're in buttfuck nowhere. Like if you're in the Yukon or something like that. I'm like, surprised Bone I didn't call us up and say, hey, you're reading stuff wrong. We're trying to steal cells from Tanda. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they're trying to do. Okay, so they've got a bunch of uh, Henry rifle stuff. They've got the Henry Big Boy lever action, 45 Colt, blacked out one, synthetic. Like it. Uh, yeah, the Henry Mini Bolt, 22 LR. I didn't know Henry had a bolt action. That's yeah, it looks kind of like a cricket. Looks kind of like a cricket. Huh. Now this Henry Sidegate lever action in 410. Nice. Henry lever in 22. Oh, the price of those has gone up so much. They used to be yeah. so cheap. Yeah. Wait, what's the difference here? H001. Uh, oh, one have a, probably barrel? have a short barrel. Yeah. Shorter barrel. Yeah. 16. Yeah. Oh, there's 20 inch octagonal. There's an octagon pump action. I didn't know anyone still made a pump action 22. I, I hate pump action too. 22s. Why? <laughs> like, they're so hinky. Like, like, oh, it feels terrible moving them. <laughs> cool. They got a bunch of stuff over at Bullseye. Nice. Uh, FOC has 10% off store wide right now for Black Friday. So, Black Friday sales are coming up, right? Yeah, uh, November sure. 24th, I believe. So, watch for sales coming up. Don't spend yet. Unless you see something that's like a tremendously good deal, because some of these will be a tremendously good deal, right? Um, anyways, they got that going on. Reliable gun. They have their customer appreciation sale. There was a couple of things in here that were really good prices. This is their second price drop. I think I saw six five Creedmoor for twenty five bucks a box. Mm. Mm. I don't know what that is. It's probably FMJ or something like that. But that's still whoa, that's still a great deal. Uh, mini mag for 5,000 rounds, 500 bucks, 10 cents a round. Yeah, I dig that's it. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. They have Challenger slug and buck cans, 200 bucks for that. I think those are 250 rounds each, so that's a pretty decent deal. And then even on the small stuff, look at this Blazer, uh, 525 round value pack, 40 bucks. That's decent. That's that's under what uh, that's been anywhere, I think, that I've seen. Um, they got a couple of like optics on as well. I was looking at this hollow sun 510 C they got it down at 359. Pretty decent. If you're into fancy binos, they got some Steiner HX 10 by 42s for 650 and so on and so forth. So they got some pretty good, pretty good prices. CZ 457 training rifle, 600 bucks. 10% off all magazines. If you're looking for some hard to find magazines, that'll be good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, prov- I, you know, okay, so I've been looking at different hunting rifles and uh, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I'll get a Hawa. And I looked at the price and like, man, that's too much for a, you know, a basic bitch bolt action, like hunting rifle. What price are you uh, getting? Well, price range for me? Oh, all over the place. <laughs> but it has to be on sale. It has to be on sale. <laughs> yeah. You should have grabbed one of the uh, Savage 110s. Uh, right there access you go. To, yeah. yeah. We'll see. It's more of a target gun, though. Very long. Uh, I've sh- I've shot deer with 338 Lapua target rifles and uh, heavy barrel 308s, and yeah, sure. The deer cam was a 50 BMG. There you go. <laughs> I wish that's not going to happen these days. Maybe the 338 might again, but uh, that's a bit silly. Is 338 banned right now? I don't even know. No, nope. no, nope. nope. it's not. You can use 338 Lapua. 
Before 60 technically is. Up into 460. Yeah. I think there is still a 460 that you might be able to use. Mm, just not 460 Weatherby. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. My dog came in here and farted this thing so bad. Anyways, um, Prop River has <laughs> power specials just in time for Christmas. They got them at a special price, six, uh, 699 They got them in 223, 243, 65 Creedmoor, 308, et cetera, et cetera, 22-inch barrel. And... Uh, Guaranteed sub MOA three shots with premium factory ammo lifetime. Warranty. Does it take AR 15 magazines? It does not. No, 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 no. no. Air mags with that. Um, so that was on one side that I was looking at. Here's on the other side. Uh, inner surplus has uh, over 40 more Swedish M96 uh, rifles added. These are all budget friendly rifles under $350. Nice. So if you wanted something in like 6.5 Creed. They got or not six five Creed, six five Swede. Uh, they've got that those They're available and just six. I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. A thirty odd six or two seventy or they got lots of different stuff. Yeah, neat. Yeah, and that would be I don't know, kind of a classy rifle. And the last one I had, yeah, Tenda had the Springfield model twenty twenty rimfire uh, on sale. Elson's got like a fancier kind of a target stock this one takes the ruger 1022 mags and it's bolt mm. action nice. yeah springfield armory so i haven't seen any reviews of this so i'm not sure how it does but it says guaranteed to shoot one inch or less at 50 yards with quality ammunition so still pretty yeah. right. although i don't understand why it's caught the model 2020 but it's made in 2023 the whole thing is crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what's going on I, and I don't yeah. know if it qualifies in the production class for ORPS. Hmm. It might though. The price. Well, it might on that price. Yeah. It's going really to be close to the cutting point. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's that, and I don't have anything else. Oh wait, sporting rifle saying stay away from Aguila six five ten MOA group. Okay. Well, what was it? Ten MOA group. Oh, now, wow. did you try 6.5 Creedmoor in your 6.5 Swede? Is that the problem here? <laughs> I'm joking. He probably he knows the difference. <laughs> One inch at 50 yards is huge for a 22. Yeah, it's it's not a very um, difficult guarantee of accuracy, I guess you could say. Um, like a, a really good quality 22 can do like half inch groups at 50 yards. So one inch is, is not really too much to say, but I'm sure they're just doing that because it's a guarantee and they don't want to don't want to do too much. Hmm. I also don't think it could do half inch groups at 50 yards. Need something better for that. Probably CZ457 would do that. Anywho, that's all I found Good. for new gun stuff. Good stuff. And uh, for our main topic, we have our super fan, Tony, uh, to talk to us about how he got into shooting and the show and various things. So, Tony, how'd you get into the guns and shooting? Thank you, Mo. Um, it's a long story. Um, I'll, I'll put in a few disclaimers first. My thoughts often jumps around. So if I start rambling, like, <laughs> stop me in live chat. Fit right type, in. Type, type skip or something, I don't know. So uh, I've been a firearm owner for two years. Started with the guy on the, le- on the right, uh, the SXP. I started with a shotgun, which is... In retrospect, probably not the best idea. Um, I didn't That's mind. Right. I guess I didn't mind recoil, but 
if you if you're recoil sensitive, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. And uh, a PCC competition participant for about a year already acquired two guns, so this hobby does get a little expensive over time. Uh, I won't call myself a competitor because I'm not quite competitive enough. Uh, the last score I did was in the BTSA USPSA match. I was about sixty percent uh, compared to Taylor or Justin, who are first and third place finishers at uh, PCC Nationals this year, um, which is a bit of an improvement uh, than my first match, which I did about fifty percent. That so. In terms of sport shooting, I've only really get, get, got into the game for about a year. Um, uh, first of all, I will say, as one great Canadian content creator once said, his name is Linus Shabashin, uh, every media piece should have a learning outcome. And the I'll start with the too long didn't read version of that, just so if someone's in a hurry. But I'll, I bet uh, you will learn something from this video. So do come back to either finish listening or finish watching. Um, so there's really five things I want to talk about in two groups, things I didn't do at all and things I did too late. And uh, to start would be things I did too late, and it will be your homework assignment for today. Uh, there will be mandatory listening slash watching of Slamfire Radio, which is going to be really helpful. It sounds like an ad, but I promise it's not not a. Uh, it's going to be backed up with evidence. And secondly, uh, you should go watch the CCFR Canada Downrange series and explore the possibilities of a lot of shooting sports. Uh, that's actually how I found BTSA as my home range. Um, I personally, uh, this I don't hunt, so this video is going to revolve more on the sport shooting side of things, unless you count blowing up uh, gophers with 12-gauge shotgun, as I did with this guy, uh, as hunting. But uh, I don't know. I didn't recover anything. It just Eradication. <laughs> Eradication. Mm, I'm not very control. good at that yeah. either, though. Just <laughs> I blow one up, and then they all disappear into the ground. I don't have the patience to wait. And then I leave, and the second time, I, it's like my warm-up shot. Boom! Just one bullet. <laughs> I've done it a few times uh, at a at a crown land. So, yeah. Um, so more about my background. Uh, I was originally born in in Shanghai, China. I lived there 14 years, and as some of you may know, that farm ownership is basically not a thing. Surprisingly, it's still it is a thing but pretty much not a thing in China. There's like um, a civil war, China civil war, uh, and then Sino-Japanese war, a veteran who got to hold on to his twin Mauser pistols, I want to say, because his superior at the time gave it to him and he have a uh, license to possess but not to carry. And there's this uh, traditional... Uh, tribe in uh, Guizhou, China, with, they have like hunting rights, and mm -hmm. I guess you can call it carry. It's pretty well documented. They are a community of like 2,000 some people, and a handful of them can have a firearm, mostly like traditional, either passed down through a generation or like homemade black powder guns, but they do have Type 56 and autos or. SKSs um, issued by the government at times. 
from what I know from my dad, when he was still a kid, air rifles was legal in China, but then I don't. He doesn't know what happened to them. It just kind of became obscure and then just unavailable.、Uh, when I was still a kid,、um, airsoft is still less of a gray area.、Um, uh, if you have, for example, air pistol that shoots steel BBs, that would be a kind of a problem. Well, because there is a how to say replica.、Um, So they probably learned well, a lesson from shooting all the sparrows too in the in the earlier <laughs> half of the century there. Yeah,、um, or you know how they came to power, things like that. They don't want that to happen. I don't think any Chinese officials are watching, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I shot a handgun in China, a revolver.、Oh. Yeah,、huh. I know there are ranges in China that's like heavily regulated.、Um, This is not a range. I, I I paid a cop to shoot his revolver. <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> Actually, Israel, which years were you in China?、Uh, this had been in the early two thousands. There, two thousand and two to two thousand six, somewhere around there. Yeah, like cops carrying guns in China is pretty rare. Yeah, I I don't even know if there's a revolver ever seen in China. Anyway, it's just my personal experience, though. So my me and my buddies when we were young would be riding around the. The community on bikes and then like doing target shooting stuff.、Uh, sounds like the biker gang in a sense. And、uh, for some reason, my teachers is more concerned of, about us riding bikes too quick, not not about airsoft. That's <laughs> funny. But doing things only safely ish. I did have an ND on my finger.、Uh, it, was, it was a bad one.、Um, right in the finger, and there was a pretty good blood blister. I think that's the only time I ended on myself. Um, yeah,、um, you know, not enough firearm training.、Uh, of course,、uh, first-person shooter games at the time was still still a thing. Although, like, there's some media, not media, like art censorship. You can't have blood splatters.、So、it's like, yeah, they do it in white.、Like, dust splatter. It's like grayish, whatever、yeah. things. So, so what did you do when you got to Canada? Then, what 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 got you back into it here? So I actually kind of took a break from any kind of shooting, really, because、um, when I first came here, language was a big barrier, and I didn't really think about it that that much. It was kind of in the back of my head because my dad said, "Oh, you can you can have a gun here." I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." But to me, what the priority really is driving, because I was really in, into cars ever since I was like two, three. I went to driving school with my dad back in the day. I was like. Still in kindergarten, or something on the weekends, and for us, driving age is eighteen in China. But you can get your learner in Alberta at fourteen. It's like Canada must be some crazy paradise. You can drive so young. <laughs> It's really funny. So,、uh, so really studying and、uh, driving was the on on my head more or less. I did started to like subscribe to some YouTube channels. Not that fancy being one of them, which influenced my purchase decision, but. Jen,、um, I'll say overall he can be considered in Canada as kind of a quote unquote bad influence just because what he does. And if you don't have a reality check in Canada, you would either think think things are legal but they are not, or you will think things that he doesn't mention because he is not, for example, sports shooter. So you wouldn't really learn about that side the whole story.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
of his range videos, usually him shooting for accuracy in a straight line, which I thought that's kind of boring over time. But um, you can learn about the second kind of type of cool. That's more. That's important. true. There you go. You have your get out of jail free card. I don't really think I have a second cool gun here. Maybe that's. I, I don't even know if it's defined. I don't think it's defined yeah. very well. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, and also, at the time, I watched a lot of Civil Advantage. If some of you may still remember, uh, but really, at the time, I was just kind of watching, and things are kind of just flying over my head. It's like uh, I don't know what the half the things you're talking about. What is that? Magazine hold open, this that length of pull, da, 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 like just terms everywhere. So school to school, and then went to university. Here's one of my first big mistake in terms of the things I didn't do. Uh, I did not join the University of Calgary Shooting Club uh, because I didn't have a gun. So the big thing I would say to any potential or new firearm owner is go join a organization, shooting organization or some kind of a range organization um, in your organization. For example, if you're in school or if you know there's colleagues who shoot, like, ask about it. Um, and I think the firearms community is great in that regard, as in we're a very welcoming community. Just, um, every time I bring up that I don't have a black badge and I don't have a pistol, like everyone's like offering, hey, Tony, go go take your black badge, go borrow my pistol. It's like, that's that's amazing. I haven't seen a lot of community that does that, just saying, hey, just go shoot my gun. It's like there is wear on these things and people are being generous about it, mm-hmm. which is great. So busy with school, um, I kind of planned my school in a particular way uh, that I took more senior courses to start. Um, and then things kind of got easier over time. And then COVID struck. So I didn't have the chance to join the club. I didn't have the chance to take a firearm course. I just doing more school from home. At the time, I got into photography a bit, shooting pictures, not bullets, but Anyway, um, so after COVID, I went to the Calgary Shooting Center with one of my high school buddies who just came back from Edmonton from school. He was like, okay, we're going to go get our PLs. But he was kind of not that into uh, shooting sports. He still isn't. So I was like, ah, uh, shooting center is in the southeast. I'm in the northwest. That's a 30-kilometer drive. I don't really want to do that. Joke's on me. Now I work in the southeast, so I have to do the drive every day. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to drive the extra day and do that. And uh, my buddy won't be there anyway. So I was just going to uh, take the power course. I didn't know there's outdoor ranger that's more affordable. I was like, if I have to shoot in a line 25 yards with a pistol at the shooting center, which is super far away, and I can't do any movements, like what's the really the point? Um, so I omitted the RPAL section. Regrettably, at this point, looking back uh, because the whole the whole piece is centered around lack of knowledge i didn't know there's uh sports i didn't know there's ranges that's more accessible available more affordable um things along those lines but like it like during university or slightly after university you're always like i don't know i was poor after then so i I couldn't afford to buy a bunch of handguns anyways right so that's true but uh, I started working right after that. So, but I would say if 
if a listener is on the fence about it, I'll say, um, as the leader of the CCFR or the, the channel owner of Silver Vantage, Rod Gotaka, you might have heard about his name. If so, he is a big advocate of getting our power right out of the gate, I'll say, do it, do it, do it, just in case. I know now isn't the time because you can't get a pistol anyway, but if I knew a little bit more about shooting sports at the time, if I were to get our power, I would have had a pistol today. Huh. Yeah. And it, so it's not really about how many things you have, but like now I'm really excluded from uh, more than half of Ipsic sports. First, I don't have a pistol, so I can't really shoot a lot of things. Second, I can't have a black badge. Now I can't even shoot official Ipsic PCC matches. So uh, just things started to cascade in a bad way. Uh, after a little bit. Well, you make a good point with the uh, RPAL. And I would say even today, if you're going for a PAL and there is an option to take the RPAL, take it. I did the same thing when I got my PAL. I, you know, I'm getting my PAL for hunting. I have no interest in shooting pistols because I have to go to a range. I grew up hunting, not sport shooting. Yeah. So I did the same thing and then got on a three gun, found three gun, and okay, well, now I got to go get my RPAL. Now you're waiting six months for your license. And now, like what you're just saying, if tomorrow all of a sudden you can buy pistols, there's going to be a rush on RPAL courses and licenses. It's already backed up with trying to get licenses out. Imagine if all of a sudden you can start buying and selling handguns again. It's just to prevent sudden changes. And uh, in the current landscape, sudden changes are sudden and often somehow, but it's just kind of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, unfortunately, uh, farm, the firearm community is a quiet bunch in Canada. It's not like we're in Texas. It's been one of their staples. Like, oh, Texas, guns. Okay. It's cowboys, guns. And the community is much bigger than we know. Uh, but it's just, as an outsider, you wouldn't know much about it. Uh, the other two things I want to bring up that I never did was uh, go to a National Range Day. I believe it's going to be June the 1st of next year and find a local range that have it and you can shoot free guns, free ammo, and probably have a barbecue. How awesome is that, right? I attended the National Range Day after I became a member of BTSA and I, I introduced one of my friends to it, although he he didn't jump on board, but he does now understand our our perspective a little bit better, which is good. And what was the last thing I was about to mention? I have random printouts that might help. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, um, I already mentioned it. So it's the first thing is join any shooting groups or hunting organization that's within your organization. Second is if you decide to join us, definitely join, definitely do your RPAL course from the get-go. It's not much more money. It's the same amount of processing time. It's great. And on a side, if you really want to join us, join the CCFR. It's a great cause. And the last thing is join National Range Day. I think um, it's really going to help you see um, what is available there. For example, at BTSA, we had IDPA, we have IPSIC, we have Steel Challenge, and we have 
Rim, uh, Rimfire League, ORPS. So that's a good good mixture of everything. And I did find BTSA after watching uh, CCFR downrange. I was like, oh, Steel Challenge, that's cool. So, so I was like, oh, I should get into this range. So uh, that's after I actually shot my Maple Seed with my center fire rifle. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm not really a big fan of Rimfires. So I was like, okay. So I got myself a Rimfire, uh, Savage 822. Uh, on, it's kind of on Adriel's recommendation just because it's easy to clean. And I don't tend to shoot it that often, so um, that's mm-hmm. a good purchasing decision. And after that, I was hanging out at one of the Rimfire events. I met Taylor, and Taylor said, hey, shoot PCC with us. And I was like, cool. Got a PCC? It's like, uh, and I was looking at modification parts for the sub T sounds like, mm, they're getting kind of pricey. Um, for example, the flip around optic mount so you can fold a gun even if you have an optic on it, it's like two three hundred bucks depends on which one you get there's a midway industry one and there's a m carbo one the only the only modification part i have on the sub 2k right now is the enlarged charging handle which is a necessity if you want to run a sub 2000 and then just a hand stop kit from that cool uh there we go <laughs> um so I, I thought, okay, it's a good opportunity for me to go to kind of a different magazine release style, magazine insert in the front. I really wanted the uh, last round hold open because 10 round mags and my current stage planning kind of involves a lot of shooting the 11th shot and doing a reload uh, on, on, on this gun because your charging handle is on the back. It's much slower. So one thing leads to another. I was looking at the FX9. I was looking at the K9. I was like, mm, I'll give the K9 a shot. Uh, after I had some not very good experience with the FX9 as in the, for some reason, the magazine lockback, um, the last round hold open doesn't work all the time. So far, I haven't observed that issue on a K9 yet. So that's good. At the the drawback of the K9, uh, except the aforementioned customer service, um, is the buffer system. It uses a standard AR buffer, standard AR buffer tube, standard stock, but the buffer itself, the metal piece, is actually proprietary. Um, it actually protrudes into the action, so which is a little strange for, I guess that's, probably why it's not considered as an AR9. But that means you can't really do a buffer weight tuning if you really want to go racing. Um, I don't know. I, I would say if you want to get into PCC, wait for the response. Uh, that seems to be kind of the the best option. Takes Glock mags, takes AR parts from a big manufacturer, hopefully got good service. I haven't had any Smith and Wesson products, so I can't really comment on that. But uh, the Raven have its issues. Um, although the Champion does shoot one, so I guess you can go it that way. But it the Raven's really expensive too. It's like three grand up if you want a last round hold open for a nine millimeter. That's that's a lot. It makes sense on two two three because like on two two three the the gas system on those is just way better than the one eighties and that kind of thing. You're not going to break a piston because there is no piston on the nine millimeter. Uh, I don't know if it's worth it for that. Like, 
I don't mind having that click or just reloading on the move. It's fine. Yeah, last round hold open isn't a big thing for me. In fact, I actually tuned my pistol so it doesn't. So what? Why? Uh, because actually, S twenty eleven mags year years ago were actually unreliable for that last round hold open. Uh, so mm -hmm. basically, if you went click, it was always just the same reload. You load, rack your slide, and go instead of yeah. Yeah, so actually, either there is it or there isn't. Yeah, 2011s actually a lot of people make them so that they don't do last round mm -hmm. hold open. Also, the lever is kind of far away to reach, though. Well, far, or, far or small. It, it, it's small, and I've never liked operating that. And he was like, "Okay, a Glock, yeah," but then with the Glock and you get oversized, I would actually end up hitting that, and it wouldn't hold open because I was riding it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, when it comes to listening to the show, when did you when did you start listening? What got you What got uh, you into it? Probably Adriel again, uh, which means it's probably Runkle. Where did I find Runkle? I don't remember. I think it was YouTube. Anyway, so uh, Adriel must be mentioning the show. I think that's how I found Maple Seed too. I've started listening about a year ago. I was honored to be mentioned on episode five hundred. That was very nice. Uh, I. Yeah, I don't. I don't really recall how I found Adriel. Well, how I found Starfire Radio in particular, but I just started started listening. And I was like, oh, this is very relevant Canadian content. I love it, and just listening to different topics, different people coming on. It's like, oh, I learned a little bit about cowboy action today. That's good. Although I'm not planning to shoot it right now, but it could be a direction I'm going. Mm -hmm. Learn about IPSC. Learn about back badge. How to prepare for a black badge. I don't have any equipment to do that. Things like that, or it's good to follow up on the news, right? Like, for example, the handgun freeze came out. I have no idea that happened, even like that's after I started listening to the show. It's like, oh, that already happened, so I can't have a handgun. That's good. Um, so things like that, cool, nice. Do you guys have any questions? That for Tony, yeah, I've been jumping in wherever I need to, yeah, and yeah. covered a lot of stuff so. Anything you want to plug, but you, I mean, we're going to have our shout outs anyways, but anything you want to plug? <laughs> Maybe the CCFR. I don't know. I've already plugged the CCFR a few times. Yeah. A yeah. lot a few times. Uh, Sunfire Radio a few times. I guess go watch Adriel at the Hunting Gear Guy. you got to rebrand <laughs> the channel again. I've told you a lot of times. And then uh, go watch. Camping Gear Guy. Competitive <laughs> Shooting Guy. Sometimes <laughs> Hunting Gear. Just punch <laughs> once a year and then do the, <laughs> all the other contents all year round. Actually, I got a question for you, Tony. They Sounds good. Talked about how you got into shooting and then stuff you didn't do and then wish you had done. What's your future in shooting looking like? Um, probably staying with action shooting for a bit. Uh, I'm waiting for Adriel to. Do the R power course. I'm waiting to take his R power course. <laughs> ah, nice. And then uh, the plan is, as things change, I'll be driving up to Red Deer, picking up a 1911, and then I'll probably go uh, for a bit. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. I know. It's interesting because the 1911 doesn't get a lot of press in, you know, shooting games, for example. But just the mm -hmm. first time I saw it, it's like, I want that. <laughs> I don't want a Deagle. I want that. 
So, yeah. great. Okay, thanks, Tony, and uh, yep. we'll uh, we'll continue with the rest of the show. And uh, you didn't send us an email this week. It looks like what happened? No, that would have been too much. <laughs> participation. That would have been too much. All right, that's cool. You got a week off. Um, Kyle, you want to cover the YouTube event, uh, YouTube comments? Well, I was going to, but seeing as all the comments for YouTube in the last week were Tony's, I think it'd be only right if Tony went through them. All right, Tony. <laughs> I'm going to read it, though. I don't have access to your channel. Well, they're all on episode 531. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Let me my keyboard clock away and see if I can find them. Should read myself. Uh, I'm going to read Richard's comment in the meantime. So Richard said, sounds yeah. like there's an active move to bring a PCC black badge to Canada in fall. It was posted on the BC IPSEC page last late August. Hopefully this will allow Tony to join us in I, I, IPSEC. So yeah, I I, saying that. yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. So I don't know where know. the hidden resistance is. Um, some, I believe some people might say like black badge is about having a pistol and uh, having a holster and having to draw. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, yeah. no, I, I think it's, um, they probably just don't want to change the rules mid season. So like over the winter, that makes it for a cleaner break on, on changing the rules like this. That's what we're waiting for a three, four, three gun, I believe. Change what rules? I don't know. The black badge. How, how do you do it? It's PCC still black an Ipsic match. Like shotgun nationals back in 2019. You no, still no, no. needed how, to how have a black, a black badge. To attend yep. that for shotgun nationals. So how do you get a P the, what what Richard yeah. is saying is a, a PPPC PCC black badge. Yeah. So that would be like changing it so that you can do a black badge with PCC instead of a pistol. Yeah, that's just developing a course specific for that. Like, I, I'll be I honest, bet you I'll they have it when course. I see it because they were talking mm -hmm. about doing a non-restricted or a long gun black badge back in 2019. But now there's so, an input. Now, like back then, you could have said, like, just go buy a handgun. And, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. now you can't, right? It's yeah. it, there, there, there is now a, a class of people that are excluded because they didn't get in at the right time. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, we've want the sport to grow or the, the organization to grow. They have to, yeah, they have well, yeah. to expand. Absolutely. Right? It's an unfortunate situation. Like, the only division you can join right now is PCC. I guess you can bought it as much as you want, but. I'll be on the Alberta Black Badge PCC beta tester list if that's ever a thing. It's cool. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. I've shot this style of matches. All right. I found the, uh, comments? the comments I made. I made three. Hopefully that's correct. Yeah, the first thing was uh, about Savage Rimfires. They're Canadian made and decent quality. For example, this one. Uh, I won't call them top notch just because the stock is kind of. Cheap plastic, plastic parts yeah. is a little cheap, but they work pretty well. And uh, for at least for the A twenty two, I think it, in my heart really became the new modern standard for a basic twenty two. If my friend want a semi auto twenty two, that's not too fancy. They're not going to race with it. I'll say get this just because it's easy to clean, easy to maintain. And for for rimfire guns, you really do need to tear them off, uh, tear them apart. Once in a while, I was looking at the, uh, when I was buying this gun, I was looking at the Savage 64 Precision, and then I watched Adriel's video. I was like, nope. <laughs> no. 
Save bullet it's, dodged. <laughs> oh, geez, that that looks like a job. And um, I guess a context for me would be for all the PCs, all the blowback guns I have, all the semi-autos I have, uh, I clean them every time I go out to shoot. Um, not very aggressively. I don't really clean the bore that often, but I would take them apart, um, alcohol, carbon carbon dissolvers, and I'll clean the bolts. I'll re-loop them. Haven't given me any problems so far. So that's my cleaning schedule. Um, and then two comments on the Henry Homesteader, which was on my radar when I was buying this, but it's it's really more of a classy gun than mm-hmm. than a race gun. The direct competitor I see is probably the Kiapa M19, which is like a M1 carbine in nine millimeter. Although that thing hasn't been tested thoroughly, it looks kind of cool. Uses Beretta magazines, but I've heard either had reliability issues. Also, it doesn't quite look like the M1. So it's. I, I saw one at a match recently. It looked cool. It was it was a yeah. cool gun for especially for the price. Like the the price it's, is very. It goes on sale pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's the rear PC carbine that's pretty much like. It, it's it's also pretty reasonably priced. That's true. Also, for any potential carbine buyers out there, there is a uh, I forgot who makes. It. I think it's their Jarbone or something. Not yeah. Tandem Cross. Maybe Tandem Cross do have them too, but you can have a firing hand mag release for it, which would improve yeah. the whole thing a lot. I think um, for the. Caltech, you can you are doing the same hand, but the release is so small. Um, you can have the what's their name? M Carbo um, extended paddle, but you have to tear the whole gun apart. And this is a classic Caltech, you have to split it in half. Or I don't want to do that, so that didn't happen. Actually, Adriel, what happened to your modded out sub two thousand that you did a video on? Was that your gun or was it someone else's gun? My buddy's. That was my buddy's gun. Still has it. Still shoots it. I love it. The the sub two thousands are really cool. If I um if I was to just buy like a a PCC out of the box and I wanted something that was like compact, could go to the range and that kind of thing, I'd get a sub two thousand. It's, it's just I, not I a good thing about the FPC too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But FPCs don't take clock mags. Yeah. Um, I don't know, after playing paying twenty bucks per magazine, you don't want to go back to anything else. Yeah, I, there's two guys that shoot in my three gun league that use sub two thousands. It's weird, but and they're really small. Works but well. They run them. Yeah, works well. And surprisingly, do plastic uh, Picatinny rods hold true? So I don't have a complaint about that. It's just that, <laughs> it's just yeah. the stock is uncomfortable. But if you have a three D printer, you can solve that problem pretty easily. It's I think that's a big benefit for Caltech guns. It just if you put a 3D printer part on it, it doesn't feel out of place because the whole thing is plastic anyway. <laughs> uh, back to the Homesteader. Uh, they have interchangeable mag wells, so they will be able to take Glock mags. Although, I don't think Iron Gun's listing is correct because that magazine is used on a Homesteader alone and nothing else. So I'm guessing what come was the Henry Magwell, but only a five-round mag. That I'm not too sure. I don't, I don't think Harry makes a semi-auto pistol. At least I haven't heard. Hmm. Um, and I commented on that 
uh, I ha we haven't seen any Canadian edition specific carries yet, just because they don't do semi-auto stuff so far until now. And other lever guns, they can be as short as they want, right? Mm -hmm. So, but maybe we'll have an 186 um, homesteader. That'll be good. Um, a lot of manufacturers don't adjust the recoil settings on the 18.6 barrels. You are you have a longer dwell time, I guess you'll call it. Um, but then your reassembly is still the same, so you have additional recoil. That's kind of the story with the Caltech. It's it's reliable, but you're gonna feel the kick a little bit more. Also, it's light. Yep. So mm -hmm. yeah, too. Which comment are we on now? I think that's all the comments I had. Yep. All right. Okay. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Uh, if you go to our website, slamfireradio.com, you'll find a Cabela's link. If you purchase using the Cabela's link, you'll help support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Are we and reading the purchases this week? Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we have a Ruger 1022 BX trigger assembly. There was three of them purchased, looks like. One of them is Dave's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ray, uh, Ruger 1022 mags. There were a few of them. Uh, there was a Nork 762 by th uh, 39 ammo. That was a good price uh, on that, like 50 cents per uh, mm. non-corrosive. Are they guaranteed non-corrosive, though? You can't guarantee anything. Like <laughs> uh, at that point, I'll just buy a crane and then shoot in and clean it more often. <laughs> be me. Uh, we have a men men's merino base layer top and bottom. Nice. 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 Uh, Cab uh, Cabela 64 gun safe. Mm. That one was 64. <laughs> yeah, that's what? It's got to be a big boy. How, how, that must how have been a uh, pickup, that? right? Not, yeah. not delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Is it free? To, oh, I guess it's oversized. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be huge. Uh, and last, we have a Cabela's Covenant 5. Yeah. So, oh, there's uh, first there. local yeah. 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 So those are uh, the purchases. Thank you. Uh, if you can also support the show through Patreon and Player. Uh, if you'd like to email the show like Tony does, <laughs> you could do so at slamfireradio at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get into the shoutouts. Tony? Richard just said no shooting mats. That's uh, <laughs> I, it's, that's it's off might season. Be in, might be in October. It's funny. I had my shooting mat before I went to Maple Sea, but I did use it. It's pretty nice. Uh, a few shout-outs. Uh, first shout-out to Rod and the CCFR for having the Canada Downrange Series, having the National Range that I think is really helping us in terms of publicity and for me personally helping me find a local range which is super nice uh i'll shout out to everyone i've met at btsa uh, the community is great and super nice people especially special shout out to our pcc national champion taylor for introducing me to this sport i guess you did cost me a lot of money but i'm having a lot of fun so that's <laughs> awesome um I think that's all the shout out I have for today. I guess a shout out to all, everyone at Slamfire Radio for introducing me to a lot of the shooting sports, shoot disciplines, a lot of tips here and there. Good. Glad to hear that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, like for, for me, I got into Ipsic listening to Trevor talk about it, right? So now I feel like I like to talk about the matches. I'm not great at it, but I ha- I enjoy doing it and it's fun. And I hope that like people listening, like, oh, that's, you know, they think, oh, that sounds cool. Let me, <clears throat> let me try it out, right? So my question is just how we're going to get our publicity out there. It's, it's hard um, unless somehow we can add it to the firearm safety program. Um, yeah. And you, and you mentioned it about like Canadians being shy about it, that we don't talk about it, but I'm, I'm at the point where I talk like with coworkers that have know nothing about guns and I'll tell them about the matches and stuff. And they're, most of them are pretty cool about it. They're, they seem interested, let's say. Right. And I think everybody should be doing that. You know, you might, you might get some static, but who cares? Well, and that's where you started. Hey, at work Monday morning. How how's your weekend? Oh, I went and did this. Yeah. Oh, what do you what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm gonna head to the range, do some training, do some practice or whatever. And that's how you start. Yeah. It's kind of easy. Feeling with... that it, it's just very different in Alberta versus like other provinces. Yeah. Because, well, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've got a a, a a girlfriend of a buddy of mine, and uh, we took her out hunting, and we crossed a highway, and we had guns, and she's like is this normal around here? Like, are we going to get in trouble for doing this? I was like, no. (laughs) It's November. Yeah, you're going to see some armed people around Alberta, rurally. Uh And even like at work, like I'm going to bring some deer jerky to to my work function on Friday and no one's going to bat an eye at it. It's just like, well. Yeah, no, it's a different different culture and, you know, outside of Alberta, let's say. I was bringing that up too because it seems like we're preaching to the choir, at least for me and Adriel and yeah, Cal, yeah. when he was yeah. still in Alberta, it's like everyone, some people know more about it. Some people are thinking, yeah. Um, well, I when I return from a weekend, when people ask, I was like, oh, I went to the range, and people start to have a conversation. And sometimes they'll ask, Hey, what is the definition of assault weapon, in your opinion? Things like that. It's a, it's a good conversation to have, but like half of my colleagues hunt. So it's yeah. not like and- making a huge difference there. Yeah, and in some areas of the country, like more people than not, like in rural Alberta, more people than not have have firearms. In the yeah. city, one out of ten, like households, <laughs> something something like that in Alberta at least. So like Super around my neighbors, like I have no problem talking about like oh, yeah, I go deer hunting and that kind of thing, like to shoot clays and and if you start with something like that, people people be like, oh, I'm into that and more, <laughs> and then <laughs> you know, make some good buddies there. That's pretty neat. Um, Kyle. Yeah, I'm gonna shout out Tony for being such a big fan, commenting all the time, sending the emails, watching all the shows, and thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, thank you. I just hope I didn't ramble too much. No, I'll do that. All good stuff. <laughs> it was good. Adriel. Uh, yeah, you guys for uh, taking the show yes uh, last week, so I could head off hunting and I didn't have to do anything. It all just happened. You're you're allowed you're allowed a week off, Adriel. It's okay. <laughs> Question to Adriel. One week a year off. No. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good for the the other 50 ish episodes. <laughs> How many deers would you take in one season? Uh average is one. Uh average. but uh yeah, average is one. But some years I'm... uh more because there's been some years where I've gotten my deer and two supplementals, so like three deers, three deers at max. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somewhere around there. Kyle, you're going to say something. I was going to say basically the same thing. Like I would shoot for, for three deer because you'd have your, 
your general tag and your two supplementals. At some point, it ends up being too much meat, right? Like yeah. you have to, have, like you either have to get a bigger freezer, or your family has to get a lot cooler about eating deer sausage and deer meat, you know, like for ev- every meal. <laughs> well, um, thing is, we did do come on that. Like I would go out get my moose in archery season. That was our steaks, our roasts. That is basically yeah. our our essentials. And then yeah, the deer turn into sausage, and yeah, nice. Like I, I have. 20 pounds of jerky and 20 pounds of sausage in my house. It's a lot of meat. That's like, that's way too much for, for, for my family to, to go through. So can I buy um, some at some point off for you? No, you can't. You can't sell it. <laughs> I, can't, oh, I, don't even know. I can give it this, to you. Yeah. I should get my healthy license, but I just, yeah, I should. don't have a truck. My parents don't need don't a truck. Want to eat no, you don't need game. a truck. No. Um, what you do need is someone who's willing to go with you hunting, uh, <laughs> because, because you, you'll That's need, great. uh, you'll need someone to sh- like, okay, is that a mule deer or a white tail in the book? It looks so easy, but in real oh, life, it's no. kind of hard. And is that tricky, deer yeah. too far to shoot at, or is it close enough? Is this highway too close to us? Is the direction yeah. that we're firing good enough? Are we going to see any deer in this spot that like looks the same as every other spot? Having something, someone that even if even if they don't know is like anything, having someone else there is going to like double your learning speed and and mm. help drag the deer and help skin the deer, yeah. <laughs> all that other kind of stuff. So you need you need someone who to to you know be a co pilot on that stuff. And then the 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 really hard thing is getting access to land or knowing some good crown land that you can go hunting and find actually see deer right because the all the best stuff near a city is going to be like hunted to hell. Uh, so yeah, you need to, you need to drive sure. far. Uh, and then you also need to know like where to go. That's and that stuff's all hard. It's, it's, that's, that's probably the hardest part of hunting is, is finding a good spot. That's why so many people, when they find a good spot, they don't really share it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll see that similar to sports shooting, right? You need a mentor. Hey, don't yeah. do this. Your reload is kind of close to 90. You want to watch out for that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. Take, there's a lot to take in if you just show up, right? It's it's going to be overwhelming. But I think, time. like, if you just showed up to a shooting match and you're like, "This is my first time. I've never done with this. How do I do this?" Someone's going to like jump in and help. Yeah, you. true. The, yeah. the community is going to help you with all that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, I only brought three magazines. Like, you're going to need more. So we're going to go find someone who's got the same kind of gun. Yeah. We're going to put you on their <laughs> squad. Like, they'll they'll go above and beyond and that kind of stuff, and and they will make it easier for you. Even though it's it's overwhelming, but you won't get that with hunting. True. No, but yeah, hunting is a lot more self learned. But I mean, there's lots of good resources out there. Like one I would actually recommend is uh, Remy Warren's Live Wild podcast. Uh, he focuses a lot on elk, but he has stuff on deer and working stocks, and like there's a whole bunch. Like Corey Jacobson. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch out there. Watch. Some good TV shows, um, like Mike's hunt, saying, "I Hunter," absolutely for for Canada, and you can get your landowner maps with that, so you can see what's crown and what's landowner, what's lease. Oh, and, that's so hard. And yeah, I Hunter makes that. It, it's well worth the money because just yeah. knowing, like, oh, that's a lease. I can go hunting there right now, and uh, yeah. oh, I need to call or, a landowner. I don't need to call a landowner. Is that too late yeah. to insert a side story? No. Uh, there was this. So there was this two pieces of 
uh, Crown Lease Land, very close to Calgary, that I target shot on. And uh, I got yelled at by both owners, not so surprisingly. And there's this guy actually at the second shooting spot um, that I wanted to stay because it's like surrounded three ways. So there's no way someone's going to walk in front of me. There's only one entrance. It's a pretty small place, but for shotgun hand-thrown clays, it's pretty, pretty decent. But just he confronted me. He was like, I own this place, da 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 And I have to get the, uh, the land control coordinator controller involved and uh, she was confused she's like you're target shooting there you couldn't do that and then she found her superiors they said that i can but then the guy started to gate the whole thing and said, ah, that's one thing with, thing with leaseholders they like a lot of them like to think that they own and control that like 100 percent. and a lot yeah of they're 100 dollars they per year their hundred dollars per year gives them like complete lord and dominion over that little chunk of land. <laughs> yeah, that's funny though because that piece of land is where I blew up the uh, gophers. It's like filled with gopher holes. Mm. Not there's nothing. There's like grass growing on it. That's it. Like grass that's this tall. Not like feed grass <laughs> or anything like that. Rocks all over the place. And he's like, I'm growing stuff here. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he was like bluffing or he is like. Legitimately believe that that's his piece of land. He's growing stuff. I don't get it. They might be growing weird. grass, growing yeah. grass for hay for his for you know. But on the offset, could have been a grazing hay. lease as well. But I mean, if he no, said it he was, was not grazing stuff. lease, uh, oh. I, I confirmed that's a no contact. It's like agriculture land, so it's really strange. Huh. I don't weird. go back there too often anymore. But if I need the emergency zero gun, I'll still show up. <laughs> nice. Okay, so join us on our Discord server. Watch us on Facebook, YouTube, and Player. Join the CCFR, very, very important. And uh, see you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over. Time to get a gun